0: take wonderful, brilliant woman of God, Sam, who is a thank licensed um, social worker, has her master's degree. She is known throughout social media for her authenticity and love for humanity and wanting to just simply glorify Jesus. So Sam, thank you for joining <laughs> me today. I'm so
1: thank excited. you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for having me. I, I feel honored. I just feel honored. Uh, to be here with you today, thank you. Oh
0: my God, and today we're gonna to be talking about guys trusting God through hardships. And I, I just really believe during this whole pandemic, Sam, that this topic of trusting God in hardships and being real, like just being just raw, As far as like what's going on and how we can get out of this and really how to trust God when we can't see him or trace him. A lot of people I've been talking to have really been like, Erica, how do I trust God? Like, of course, I never physically seen God, but how can I navigate trusting God when I feel like wanting to give up? So my question to you is, have you ever felt like, Sam, that you just wanted to just roll over and just be like, God, just take me home?
1: Um, as far as, uh, dying. Yeah. As far as just dying. Uh, like God, get I out. think, I think for me I, I've now, I don't know if I've ever been at a space where I, I wanted to mm-hmm. die. Well, no, you know what? Take that back. I have been at a space where I was like, God, I just don't even want to do this no more. I, mm-hmm. I have been, it, it was, it was a thought it was a, it was a fleeting thought, but there yeah. was a moment in my life where I've definitely felt like, god this is too much I can't handle this I I gotta go yeah so yes there has been a a moment where it wasn't anything that I ever acted on or or Mm -hmm. you know we we talk Mm -hmm. about in clinically like suicidal ideation attempt you know you 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 put it in between different categories but to me there was just a I remember having a moment where I was I was uh dealing with an illness Mm. um and uh, I, I remember saying, I just, it, it's a, it's called Steven Johnson syndrome. It's something that happens. It's a very rare yeah. type of uh, autoimmune reaction to medication. And mm-hmm. I had went through it one time, which it's, a, it's something that can, it has killed people. It will kill people. Oh you know, God. it has the potential to do so. And it's a very painful bout of thing. And so the second time I went through it, I went through it like one season, I went through it in the fall. And then in the spring, I I felt it coming on again. And I remember just screaming like, God, I just don't want to, I don't want to go through I don't physically want to go through this pain again. Um, And that was, that was a time in my life where I just, I was willing to just give up rather than to deal with that pain, physical pain again.
0: Wow. Oh my God. And how did you, when you cried out to God, did the pain lift immediately or how did you handle that?
1: Um, you know, to be honest with you, um, I remember being, I had to go to my, I was in college at the time and Mm -hmm. I had to go to my parents' house. My stepdad was there and I screamed it. And my stepdad was like, you know, Sam, Sam, we're going to get through this. We're going to get through this. And of course I had to, I had to be taken to the hospital and, um, you know, they just kind of try to figure out what exactly was going on with me. How did they fix it? What shots did I need to be given? Whatever. Mm. And um, I think just honestly walking through it instead mm-hmm. of um, fighting it. I, yeah. I think the thought of me, sometimes when you're going through something and this just kind of came to me, sometimes when you're going through something, when you sit down and think about what you're going through, mm. some, sometimes that's not productive. Jeez. You know, sometimes it's just like, it's not necessarily thinking about taking the whole pie in at Mm -hmm. one moment. It's taking a slice and then taking another slice and taking another slice until the pie is finished instead of Mm -hmm. taking the whole thing in. I think I've learned that about life. It's like sometimes we overthink it. We Mm -hmm. put, we try to, when we think about the whole, like if I think about cleaning my whole house, that's overwhelming. But when I start room (laughs) for room to room and Mm -hmm. I just kind of start, because wow. Somebody that was very wise once told me, you've got to start to finish. Yeah. And in order for me to get through certain that that season of my life, I had to take the the baby steps into addressing what was happening, whether I died or whether I lived. Wow. I had to take whatever step I had. to. I had to take one foot in front of the other and mm-hmm. do the best that I could do and, and, and just trust that whatever, then I wasn't as spiritual at the time at Mm -hmm. all. So to me, it happening to me at a young age, um, in a bad relationship, you know, I, I'm sure it had something to do with stress, but, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it was really me allowing God, um, or allowing myself really to just do what just address it just go through it just 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 stop fighting the actual process and just ride the ride and let's get through this thing and not think too much about every single thing that was happening or all that all that would come with that happening so that's that's what i would say
0: That is so good, Sam. That is so good. Like taking each day, pretty much like the scripture says, like this daily bread, not thinking about next year, not thinking about like the overall scenario or how you're going to take it or taking in the pie, but taking each scenario, each moment, each second, step by step. That is so powerful. It It brings me
1: to something (laughs) else. Actually, I had to share this. Um, Yeah, yeah, please. So, um... Nelson Mandela's ex-wife—I can't think of her first name. Mm-hmm. Man, let me hold on. I'm sorry. I gotta look. I look. I gotta look it up because it's a—it's a—it's a reason. It's a very big thing that she she had told me, and it was like very wise. And I want to share it because I think it might mm-hmm. might help somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, because I I met with her in South Africa, Winnie Mandela. Oh, yeah. Um, and I don't know why I, I couldn't think of her name for a second, but. Winnie Mandela, who's also a social worker, met, met Nelson Mandela when he was a lawyer. And I met with her a few years ago, right before she passed um, the beginning of the next year. And she sat down. I asked her, like, how could you be married to Nelson while he was in, you know, incarcerated for however many years? I mean, they were married the majority of the time he was incarcerated. He was incarcerated for years. I mean, decades. Mm. And I said, how could you be married to I a man? You weren't even seeing, you weren't even able, you know, she was being tortured on the outside. She was running the, the, the movement that he had underground. I mean, she had gone through so much. And I'm like, how could you have waited so many years? I mean, it was yeah. decades. I don't remember the exact time. I don't, want, I don't want to say it wrong, but she was married for, to him for years. And I said, how did, you, how did you do that? And she said, if I thought about it as a whole, I wouldn't have made it. Wow. And I said, "Really?"
0: Wow. She said,
1: "Yeah." If I thought about it, she's like, "I took it day by day. I didn't think about how long he was, in, how how long he would be mm. incarcerated." Because as soon as he got out, I mean, it wasn't long. As soon as he got out, he mm-hmm. divorced her almost immediately. It was like within a few years. He he oh, went wow. out and divorced yeah. her publicly. Um, there's obviously speculation around that, but yeah, we he divorced her, and so she waited years for him to be released. And when he was released, maybe within two years, he divorced her. Oh and God. I said, like, how did you do that? How did you stay married to this man for 30 some odd years and you don't see him? He's incarcerated. How would you do it? She's like, if I thought about it every day, if I thought about it in, at, at, in terms of how <laughs> long it was or how long it would be. She's like, I wouldn't have made it. She's like, I took it day by day and I realized I was marrying history.
0: Wow. And
1: that. Stuck with me, it still sticks with me, because a lot of times we think we look at a moment and we just overthink that moment. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: if we overthink the moment and, and and create conclusions we create consequences, we create things that aren't even real in that present moment. And Mm -hmm. that is what causes the anxiety. That's what the enemy uses to get us off track. We think about how we have to do this, how we got to do that, how this got to go with this, how God, like, how do I get here? And God is not asking us to figure it out. God's asking us to trust him. And in that moment, yeah. With Winnie what she said to me was you know you just got to know that you married history.
0: Mm. And that's
1: what she had to know. She you married she married history and she was going to stay married to history for as long as history was willing to be married to her.
0: Ooh, wee. <laughs> yeah. This is powerful. This is powerful. My, that just hit me. I'm blessed. By <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was something. Oh mm-hmm. my God, married to history. So it's pretty much a perspective, would you say, Sam? Like how you're looking at it. It's kind of yeah. like looking at the glass half empty or half full. Right, right. If you will. Oh she, my God. It's recognizing that
1: all of us, everybody that's listening to us right now, mm-hmm. all of us are in, it's ne- our lives are never just about us.
0: Mm-hmm. Never.
1: God didn't yeah. create us for us. Yep. God created us for Him, so That's- no matter what position you are in society, we are all living for something bigger than ourselves. Wow. All of us are. Wow. We're all married to history.
0: Hmm. It's just
1: about what what side of history are you on? Jesus. What are you living for?
0: This is so good. You have no idea how rich this is, Sam.
1: This oh, is thank so
0: good. you. <laughs> you have no <laughs> thank you idea. And you know, I think about this like. When people are going through that transition and they're going through different phases of their lives, embarrassment would try to creep in. Shame would try to creep in. Hopelessness would try to creep in. And so I want to actually like, being reminded that history is in the making. How would you or what would you recommend for someone uh, to tell someone that, hey, is no reason to hide this process because people hide their greatest testimonies when it's really meant to be something to bring encouragement to other people. So how would you, I love that you had this form called I was her. And I I was so blessed by that, like, hey, we all are X something or we all have came out of something, no matter how beautiful we look, how in shape we are now, how glorious we may seem like we are in. We are all X something. So how would you explain or help someone in that transition from going to racks to riches, but not forgetting that testimony to help someone else?
1: I, I would say I would say two things. One thing that I would say is that sometimes sometimes. It's not the time. And and you've got to wait on God's timing. God's timing is best. So I wouldn't I would always check in with your motivations, check in with why you want things to be said and also ask God for the timing, because God's timing is perfect. Sometimes we want to come. We want to be too open. I have that problem. Mm -hmm, You want to be too open. Yeah. And you've got to check your motivation as to why you want to be that open what what is does god want that story to be told right now or is there more that he wants to add to that story and so you have to wait a little while and be patient on his perfect timing that's one number two i would say that when you're you're thinking about your story and being transparent i i really i really believe in being authentic i really believe mm-hmm. in being transparent i don't like i don't like being <laughs> inauthentic to who i am i really don't it bothers me because mm-hmm. i just I come to a place, there was a part of there was a time in my life where I used to, I used to be ashamed of the things that that made me a woman. Mm. They used to make my story, that made me the woman that God created me to be. I was ashamed of the sexual assault. I was ashamed of the eating disorders. I was ashamed of just the Stephen Johnson syndrome, the different things. I was ashamed of of just different scars that you know, mm-hmm. life had kind of put on me and you can, I, I wore those scars and I allowed those, I allowed myself to wallow in that and allow the enemy to, to silence me because he wanted, he didn't want that story to be told because if I told that story that would free somebody else, he don't want you to be mm-hmm. free.
0: Wow. And
1: I, I think for me, when I owned it, mm-hmm. when I owned it, When I owned the things that happened to me, when I said, you know what? Yeah, that happened to me, but this is who God, like on the other side of it, this is who God created me to be on the other side. He used this to create this in me. He used that to create this in me. Those scars didn't shame me anymore. Mm-hmm. those things didn't keep me bound anymore. Those yeah. things are the things that make me relatable to the people that maybe you can't speak to. Because okay. now when I speak, it comes with a different, it comes with a little different edge to it because I have experienced something that maybe mm-hmm. the other person had not. For example, my sexual assault, something that I went through. Mm-hmm. Um, when, I, when it happened to me, I went through a period of time, not understanding, blaming myself one. Um, mm-hmm. But also in addition to blaming myself, um, I, I didn't want to tell anybody. I was very ashamed of it. Um, mm-hmm. I, and, you know, and I, I went through years of that. I went to therapy and I had to work through, I still am a, with a therapist. So y'all I'm very pro yeah. um, therapy therapy mm-hmm. and Jesus. I talk about that all the time, but w- in addition to therapy, it was like me being able to own it in therapy, understanding I didn't blame, I no longer blame myself. Yeah. Um, there was a situation where I knew a young lady and she was going to college and I told her, cause I was raped I, when I was in college mm-hmm. and I told her, I, I told her several different rules, different things that I would say to my younger self mm-hmm. to prevent that from happening in the future Mm. I told that to her I told that to five other girls now one out of four girls gets sexually assaulted none Mm -hmm. of those girls were assaulted why because at the end of the day that story I could have allowed it like whatever happened to me I could have kept it a secret left it to myself not tell anybody whatever but I instead of allowing it to like keep me silent I said listen this is what happened to me And this is what could have prevented that so don't do what i did don't don't learn the hard lesson i learned Mm -hmm. learn it the easy way learn it through through me and so instead i was able to keep five girls from being assaulted five girls from being there whatever was give like taken from them or taken from me they don't have to get it taken from them Mm -hmm. and so we have to understand that again our lives our experiences are not our own we are Mm -hmm. all here for a greater purpose we are all here for God, for God's glory, for what God is doing yeah. on the other side of what you might be experiencing. I didn't realize that I went through a sexual assault to prevent somebody else from being assaulted. Mm. I didn't realize that in the moment. I just wallowed in why did it happen to me? Mm. But being me, being able to own it and say, "Yeah, I, that doesn't shame me. It happened to me. I did that. It is what it is." Or that, ha- you know, whatever, whatever that looks like for other people. Wow. Now being on the other side of that, I can help free somebody else from that same from from experiencing the same conclusion I did.
0: Oh my goodness. That is so rich, Sam. You have no idea. And you are so brave. Oh my God. Thank you. Like so mature beyond your years. I feel like I'm sitting with someone who's been on earth for 80 years. You know how you sit in a room and you're just like, it's so much wisdom. It's so much pearls. It's so much. (laughs) Thank you. Like that is how I feel right now. Like you you are filled with so much wisdom and sometimes we don't even know that when we're in the toughest season of our lives that that is what God is doing you get what I'm saying like mm-hmm. God's allowing us to create experiences so that we can prevent others from experiencing it and, yeah. I th- and I think you said it was one at what one out of five girls
1: it's one out of four I think one, one out, out of out four. four girls are 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 sexually assaulted.
0: And. and- Have you, I don't know if it was just me, but you, you poured into five women. That's powerful. (laughs) So if it was one out of four, like you chose five, that is amazing. And I just want to just pause and just say, anyone that's listening to this right now is this, when I tell you, Sam is sharing something that will change anyone's lives, I want to encourage you in one area, that something she said, is that what would you say to your younger self? Like going through each day, going through moment by moment, what would you say to your younger self? And I feel like that is another way to really guard your heart because you said something, Sam, like being so open. I'm, I'm, I'm an open book, like it's ridiculous. And so mm-hmm. I'm learning to guard my heart through all diligence, like to literally, literally guard my heart because out of it, you know, of course flows the issues of life. But I feel like guarding your heart is a form of saying, what would you tell your younger self? And, and, and I believe in therapy as well. I have a therapist and one thing he says all the time is, what would you tell little Erica? What would you tell little Erica? Like, what would you say to little Erica that would bring comfort? So being in therapy and being a licensed social worker, how important is that to really think about the younger you, or what would you do um, to tell your your younger self that that you feel like it can really aim and build for success for the future?
1: What would I tell my younger self for in order to be successful in the future?
0: hmm.
1: I would tell my younger self. I'm trying to think about how I was when I was younger. Um, I think I would tell my younger self, don't listen to people telling you to follow your heart. <laughs> don't follow your heart. That's good. That's good. Don't follow your heart, sis. Yeah. Don't follow your heart. Your heart is the above all things. Is sick and desperately wicked. Who can understand it? <laughs> yeah. Jeremiah, Jeremiah 17, 9. It is your heart. I made a lot of decisions. Um, and I still struggle with it. I'm an um, I am definitely an emotional person. I'm am an empath. I always mm-hmm. I, I learned that in the last few years. I'm definitely empathic, but um, being that I have allowed my emotions to lead me into rooms and environments, kept me in relationships, kept me in in jobs, kept me in different places that I should have left a long time ago. Wow. And so. I would honestly say, don't follow your heart. Ooh. I would tell my my younger self, don't follow your heart. Don't believe this is a societal lie. That's, that is not a true, that's not wisdom. That's yeah. not wisdom. Wow! You know, your heart is, your heart will lie to you. You can feel one way in the morning. You can feel one way at night. You can feel one way. To, I can feel this way at four and then feel another way at eight. Your feelings change on such a con- on a constant level. And unfortunately, our society is so emotionally led. We are mm-hmm. so much led by emotions. We are mm-hmm. always offended. We're always working in the spirit of offense and defense and this, that and the third ego, pride, all these different things where our fe- somebody's feelings are always being hurt. We are so we are so taught to be emotional. We, that's how they get us with emotional spending and mm-hmm. using it within our economy. But that's deeper than what we're trying to talk about today. Yeah, no. But I would meant, honestly yeah. say, mm-hmm. is that don't follow your heart. Mm. Learn how to control these emotions. Put your focus into things that make you a better woman. Don't put your focus into, make, like focus on like, for example, like when you have a house When you, when you first buy your house, you're looking at, okay, how do I decorate this room to make this room speak more to the person that comes in or speak more to who you are or, you know, what, what furniture am I going to buy? What am I going to put here? What am I going to put there? Look at yourself as if you're looking at your house, like put that same level of investment in that you would in decorating your house, your room, your dorm, whatever that is, put that into, to creating more value within who you are. That's good. As a woman, you know, because sometimes and a lot of times, unfortunately, we as women, the first thing that we thinking about is honestly our physical appearance. Mm hmm. Yeah. We focus we focus a lot on how we look. We look, focus a lot on how, Oh, we look good. We look like this. we going to buy X, Y, and Z, this amount of money, this. And, and I don't, I don't shame that I think women that got that, that, that know how to dress. I honor you because I don't mm-hmm. know how to dress. I'm not, that's not my strong suit. <laughs> yeah. I, <I'm>, <laughs> I am not into the clothing department. Y'all that is not my thing, yeah. but like, I, 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 what I, what I am saying though is don't get so caught up in your appearance, mm-hmm. something that will change, something that will dissipate, something that will, that could be here tomorrow and gone, gone the next. You have to learn how to build your character. You have oh to God. learn how to build oh the things that people can't take from you. Oh no one can take my education from me. Yes. No one can take my spirituality from me. No one can take the quality of a woman that I am from me, whether I gain. 50 pounds tomorrow or not, I, my value of a woman stays. Why? Because Ooh. I build or I've focused on or try to focus on building me as a woman, as a person, as a human being, I'm building my character. I'm not focused oh on my appearance. We put so much money and time and energy into getting that BBL, but yeah. we're not focused on building the character. What kind of woman are you? Who mm-hmm. like, are you faithful? Are you loyal? Are you honest? Do you, do you, do you, do you, you know, do you have integrity? Are you, you know, when you, when you do get into a marital situation, what, what benefit do you bring to your spouse? What, oh what God. are you, what, who are you as you enter into that situation? Then we focus so much on, let me fig, fix my outer appearance. So we look a certain kind of way, oh but God. we got to fix our heart posture.
0: Jesus. That's so good. Wow. <laughs> I don't know if it, I don't know about you but the anointing is all on this conversation.
1: Oh, I believe Girl. that. I really do. I believe God is in it. I was praying before I got on. I was like, God, Lord, take take the wheel Jesus. Don't God. let me be
0: the one speaking. Oh my, you have no idea. I am blessed. When I tell you I'm blessed, like you have no idea, Sam. I'm going to have to have you back. I can't believe Our time is up. Like, I feel like I've been talking to you all of two minutes and I'm not exaggerating. Like, this has been amazing. And guys, listen, as we talked about going through hardships, Sam has shared some powerful, powerful gems. And I would leave you with this question. What kind of person are you? are you you a person of character? Are you focusing on your education? Are you focusing on the quality of who you are? And most importantly, your spirituality. I will encourage everyone, every single person at the sound of my voice to listen to this at least three to five times and to let everything that was said today to really get in your spirit Um, because indeed, these are the tools that we need to go to the next place in Christ and the next place in our lives. And I believe that God is going to give you the strength to do that. Um, Sam, I'm please make time to come back.
1: Please. Yes, of course.
0: <laughs> I've, I've, I'm a little
1: mad that the time is up. <laughs> I, I mean, actually, I'm a little mad that the time is up. I ain't gonna lie to you.
0: Me too. <laughs> like, I can't believe it. But next time we're gonna be able to see each other and um, I'm, I'm so excited. You've been such such a blessing. Guys, you know who Sam is. Samantha Gibson. Please connect with her on her IG. I am a avid follower of what she does and I believe wholeheartedly in the God in her and I will tell you that if you need laughter, peace, you need joy, clarity, direction, you will be able to find it on her page. So please. Oh, thank
1: you so much. Thank you.
0: Yes. <laughs> yes, she's amazing and such an asset to the kingdom of God. But until now, next- Next time, thank you guys for joining us. I love you so much.